0: Amen. Wonderful. Well, we're going to look at this joyful story of the resurrection. But before we come to the kind of joyful section, if you like, I don't know if you've ever read the Easter story and kind of been a little bit confused by the reaction of some of the people that we read about. And, you know, this is the greatest event in history. Jesus comes back to life, proving that he has victory over death. It is now the event that is celebrated all over the world every day particularly on Sundays and then even more particularly on Easter Sunday, the greatest moment that Jesus came back to life again, that he is now alive and he appeared to many and he has appeared to many since and he is still working and ruling in this world even today. The single greatest moment in history and the single moment that proves that what he did on the cross for us was enough and that we can live forever forever. We can have hope beyond the grave, beyond sickness. This amazing event that just seems to transcend even our understanding, but we can be like, wow, this is amazing. Jesus is alive. And because he's alive, our hope goes beyond our current circumstances and everything that we see. Jesus is alive. And then. We read some of the story in the gospel and Anne is absolutely right. The general picture is that they went from despair to joy and they went from hopelessness to hope and, and their lives were changed forever. But that isn't always the immediate reaction. Listen to this from Mark 16, verse 8. The women had gone to the tomb. They'd encountered an angel who had told them that Jesus was alive. They'd seen an angel. I mean, how many of us want to see an angel? And it's like, that then I'd know what you want me to do, Lord. If you told me, an angel was to appear to me right now, and he told me what to do, I think I'd be pretty clear. That's what God wants me to do. And the angel said that Jesus is alive, and the women then did this, and they went out and fled from the tomb, for trembling and astonishment had seized them, and they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. <laughs> they said they were afraid, but Jesus is back from the dead. They were afraid. And actually, we see, we know from uh, from John's gospel that Mary Magdalene actually stayed in the garden. And it wasn't until she met Jesus herself that she then realized that Jesus was alive. Even then, there was some confusion, but suddenly her her eyes had been opened to Jesus and she went away and she told the disciples. And then again, in Mark 16, we see this. But when the disciples heard that he was alive and had been seen by Mary, they would not believe it. They they wouldn't believe it, even though Mary was convinced they wouldn't believe it. And then we see kind of more of the reaction as two disciples walk from Jerusalem to Emmaus and Jesus comes and stands next to them and they, they don't recognize him. But they tell him how they're feeling. Oh, we thought Jesus was the one to come. He was going to overthrow the Romans and we were going to we were going to see Israel restored to all that it needs to be. And and Jesus was the one. He was the Messiah. He was the promised one. And he 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 was then killed and he's he's now dead. And yet we've heard this story from some women that Jesus is alive and we don't know what to make of this. They were confused and they walk with Jesus, I'm sure you know the story along the road to Emmaus. They get to Emmaus. they have communion together and then suddenly their eyes are opened. and they go back to tell the disciples. <laughs> and still the disciples didn't believe them. The disciples had heard it from Mary and they'd heard it from those guys on the road to Emmaus. They were in a locked door for fear of the Jews, sorry in a locked room and um, for fear of the Jews, and they were in this place thinking Jesus is dead. We can see glimpses that things are changing, but Peter and John ran to the tomb. They saw that it was as the women said, but they still didn't know what to make of it. They were in a locked room. Jesus appears to them and suddenly it's changed. But still, it's not fully changed. They don't fully get it. And Thomas wasn't there. And so Jesus hadn't appeared to Thomas. And the disciples say to Thomas, we've now seen Jesus alive. And so you've got Mary, you've got the guys on the road to Emmaus, you've got the whole uh, of the disciples in the, in the room, 10 of them saying, Jesus is alive. And Thomas is like, I will not believe it until I put my fingers in the, in the hands and in the marks in his feet and in his side. And then, of course, Jesus appears to him. And actually, that story continues, doesn't it? Despite all the evidence for the resurrection, people still are confused by what it means people still don't grasp the significance of that event despite and it says elsewhere in the bible that Jesus appearing to over 500 people at one time not everyone was convinced even in that day let alone today people are not convinced by the resurrection and I wonder for us is there still something about it that we're not fully convinced by? We might believe in the resurrection, but are we living like we believe in the resurrection? You know, in Romans 8, a wonderful passage, I would thoroughly recommend that you keep going back to Romans 8 whenever you're feeling like that you're struggling. Romans 8 is a wonderful passage. And from verse 9, it says this. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If in fact the spirit of God dwells in you. is that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is now alive in us. So we might say we believe in the resurrection, but do we fully live that life as if the power of the resurrection is alive in us? Paul writes it again in Ephesians 1. He's he's praying for the people in uh, Ephesus and he's saying, I pray that the eyes of your heart might be enlightened so that you may know the hope to which he has called you the riches of his glorious inheritance in christ and the the incomparably great power for us who believe that power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised christ jesus from the dead the power that raised christ jesus from the dead is available to us and i don't know about you i sometimes don't feel like it I, I certainly don't always live like the power of Jesus' resurrection is in me. And the good news is, of course, that when we do let God down, we can keep coming back to Jesus and we are forgiven because of the work he did on the cross. But I don't know about you. I want to experience the power of the resurrection. I want to know him and the work that he wants to do in me in this world and see his hand at work to bring transformation to bring life to bring people back to him is that our experience and the truth is for the disciples it wasn't their experience even after they'd seen the physically risen lord jesus that that jesus appeared to them many times it says in john's gospel it says that he appeared to them and he proved beyond a shadow of a doubt that he was alive. He ate with them to prove that he wasn't a ghost. He he journeyed through life with them. He was able to do some more things that he wasn't able to do before his resurrection. But he was definitely alive. And nobody since has found his body. They, they knew he was alive. They were prepared to give up their life for him. But they didn't understand the power that was available to them until Pentecost, until that moment when the Holy Spirit descended on them. And because the Holy Spirit descended on them, that same power became available to them and they were radically changed. They'd been changed by the resurrection. Yes. And Jesus breathed on them. The Holy Spirit came into them. They were born again and they became sons and daughters of the living God. And they were able to know who they were. But it wasn't until the Holy Spirit came that they were convinced and fully equipped to be able to carry out all the purposes that God set out for them but also that Jesus had commissioned them to and I just want to look at one of those stories when Jesus appeared to them at the end of John's gospel from in John 21 the story of how Jesus appeared to the disciples who had gone fishing you see this is a remarkable story because Jesus had already appeared to the disciples They'd already met him. They already had seen some of some of the power of God at work, obviously in his life. But then in his death and resurrection, they'd already met him. In fact, it says that this was the third time that Jesus had appeared to them after his resurrection. And the disciples still don't know what to do with themselves. So Peter says, I'm going to go fishing and then some of the others. So Thomas, Nathaniel the sons of Zebedee, so that's James and John, and two other disciples decided to go fishing. Even then, they were still a bit confused. They'd been been given glimpses of God's glory. They'd seen the risen Lord Jesus, but they still weren't sure what to do. So, all right, let's go fishing. This is what we've done before. This is what we're good at. Let's go fishing. And yet they went fishing and they didn't catch the fish. This reminds us of another story, I think, in Luke 5, when when Jesus first calls the disciples. And of course, they don't catch anything that night either. And then Jesus appears to them and they don't recognize him. But Jesus says, cast your nets down again. Cast your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some fish. And of course, this miraculous load of fish so big that they had to work really hard to get it back to shore. It didn't break the nets, but they were able to bring in all these fish. It was as if Jesus was saying the, the miracle at the beginning and the beginning of your road with Jesus, the journey with Jesus is the same miracle because Jesus can provide for your every need. It is in Jesus that you can find everything that you need. Jesus is that centre. He is the provider. He is the shepherd. He is the guide. He is able to know where the fish are. The disciples in their confusion just went back to what they'd done before but it wasn't until they listened to jesus that they truly knew where the fish were or to put it in something that we can all understand it's not until we listen to jesus that we will truly find our place we will truly find the provision we will truly find life we will truly find the purpose for which he has called us And I've heard it preached actually in North Bushy, but I've heard it preached elsewhere as well. That when Jesus says, cast your net on the other side, that's a lesson for us all. When we're confused, cast your net. When we're disappointed, cast your net again. When we've got things wrong, we can cast our net again. And that, of course, is an application point. But but I would simplify it to something even, even more simple. Listen to Jesus. The disciples weren't sure what to do and they just went back to what they knew but whether that's the right thing or not it doesn't matter actually the only thing that really matters is listening to jesus and jesus had already provided breakfast anyway (laughs) but he was just showing that the same jesus that was with them at the beginning when he called them to be disciples is the risen jesus and the same jesus will provide all the fish So in order to experience the power of the resurrection, Jesus says, listen to me. And in fact, that is then brought out even more in the next part of the story, because on the beach, when they're having their breakfast and the fish, Jesus and Peter have this conversation. It's a very famous conversation, the conversation that reminds Peter of his failings when he had let Jesus down. He had denied that he knew him three times. And so Jesus three times asked Peter, do you love me? And Peter says, yes, of course. In fact, he's hurt, particularly by the last time. Lord, you know I love you. Why would you ask me? And Jesus has two very simple words for Peter. And we see this in John 21, verse 19. He says, follow me. So in order to experience that same power that brought Jesus back to back from the dead listen and follow or listen and obey it's all part of the same thing of course but true discipleship is to know jesus and the power of his resurrection and to follow him and why it's significant that he's talking to peter is because peter let jesus down they'd all let jesus down we've all let jesus down we've gone our own way We have not fully followed all that he has for our life, even with the best of intentions. Peter had the best of intentions, said, Lord, even if I have to die for you, I will. And Jesus says, no, you will deny me. And of course he did. But Jesus says, don't worry about that now. You are forgiven. The price paid for your sin is my blood shed on the cross. And to prove that it is enough. I'm alive now, and I'm saying all you need to do is follow me. And this is the picture of our lives in Jesus to follow him. For each one of us who have given our lives to Jesus, that to follow him is the only way. And we have said our past doesn't matter. We have got things wrong. We have made mistakes. We have failed. We have fallen short of the glory of God. But God has turned that around on the cross. And given us the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. So we have been raised from the the metaphorical dead, if you like. We were dead in our sins and now we have been made alive again. The same power that was alive in Jesus is in us. To free us from our sin and to equip us to be able to live the life that he wants to listen and to obey, to follow him. And I don't know about you, but I want to experience that power. I want to be more ready to obey. I want to be more ready to be able to just say yes, Lord. And of course, Peter, from this moment and after Pentecost, He ended up doing amazing things. He preached the Sermon of Pentecost, 3,000 added to their number that day. And he preached other sermons that led many to know Jesus. And he he healed the lame. He raised the dead. He healed the sick. He delivered the oppressed. Peter was transformed by this power that he met in the risen Jesus. And I'm desperate for the same thing. I'm desperate to know him in that way. And what Jesus asks us to do is just to know him through his word, through prayer, through coming together and hearing from him and following him. So whatever our circumstances, if we're confused, come to Jesus. Let's hear him. Let's follow him. If we're full of joy. Look to Jesus and say, Lord, lead me. If we're struggling, look to Jesus. Let's follow him he is the answer he is the only way the truth and the life that's true for us in terms of our salvation in terms of leading us out of sin into the life that God has for us but it's also true for our our lives our physical lives when we are struggling when we are confused come to Jesus and you're all aware of things that are going to change here uh, in North Bushy in terms of the church There are are things to discuss that this isn't the moment now. But the only thing that we can really do is to follow Jesus. Maybe we're confused. Maybe we're not sure. Look to Jesus. Maybe we're full of hope. That hope is because of Jesus. Follow Jesus. He's the only way. And my experience over the past year or so, Is the more that I've looked to follow Jesus, the more I've spent in time, spent time in prayer, in reading his word, in acknowledging who he is in my life, in listening to him. I've seen some amazing things. And, And God has done some amazing things. I think most of you are aware of the job that I am going to be taking in the GP surgery as a first contact physiotherapist. Some of you know this story, but for me it's amazing how I got it because. I, I've said to you that there are three areas that I sense the Lord is leading me to in this next season. One was to pray. And I didn't need any confirmation that that, that was a word from God. <laughs> um, to pray is, is there, is obvious. That's something that I, I didn't need any confirmation on. But there were two areas that I wasn't completely sure from the Lord. And so I said, Lord, can you make this really clear to me? One was to, to go and do more evangelism, to reach people uh, for Jesus on the street, that kind of thing. And I was praying through this. What does that mean? What's it look like? Is it, is this from you? Does that mean a change now? Lord, what, what do you want from this? And um, you'll know that I've been partnering with a ministry called Mission 24. As the leader of that ministry, Jonathan Conrath is, is a really good guy. I've been, I did an internship with him last year and um, I felt I should share my journey with him, but I didn't sense it was quite now and just something within me stopped me phoning him. And um, so I just continued to pray until later on. And um, uh, I think about a month later, I sensed, okay, now's the time to talk to John. And when I spoke to John, he said, I explained to him everything that was kind of going on in my heart. And John said to me, It's really interested you've run because I'm just looking through the year and miss- missions and stuff this year. And um, he had some people lined up for different things. Um, and as he was planning and preparing, he just sensed the Holy Spirit say, Don't forget about Dan Harrison. And so a confirmation for us both that when we listen to the Lord, that he gives us indications that he is leading us. And that was a, that was a confirmation for me and a sense that the same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead is still alive and still speaking and showing us that when we follow him, he will give us what we need. And then for this job um, in the NHS, I'd already sensed that the Lord was leading me to do Uh, to do some more physio work. And uh, when I first sensed this, I I sensed it was to go into the hospitals and help in the COVID crisis. Um, And so I went and uh, asked if there was any possibility and the the door just opened wide. It was really easy. Unlike last year when I tried in it and the door was shut. And so I I worked through this, but then as the COVID uh, the, the hospital began to recover from COVID and it was getting more like normal, I said to the Lord, this isn't really my area of expertise. This is not what I really enjoy doing in terms of physio. And so I said to the Lord, I was really specific, Lord, if you want me to be in the NHS, would you you help me to get the job that I'd really like? And I I was really specific. I said, Lord, I want it to be local. I want it to be part-time. And I want it to be a first contact practitioner job um, because that was a promotion. It's a new learning opportunity. And that would still give me time to do some of the outreach work that I'd already felt confirmed. So I prayed that. And then the next day, I didn't even look for the job. It was Helen who actually found the job. They found this job that was exactly those things. And I don't say this to share with you anything that I've particularly done well. All I'm saying is that my experience is that when we listen to Jesus, he opens the doors and he shuts the doors. But all he's asking from us is that we follow him. All he's asking is that we put him first and say, Lord Jesus, help me follow you. And of course, there are ups and downs. We get things wrong. We try things and and all that. But when his spirit is in us, we have the same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead so when we pray for healing we can believe and expect that the lord jesus is going to meet us and see that healing and when we pray for someone's provision we can pray and expect that the lord will bring provision and when we need fish as disciples did (laughs) we can trust that jesus already knows where that fish is we just need to listen to his voice So as we draw this to a close, as we think about the wonder of the resurrection. The power that is available to us. The significance that it means that we were dead. We were dead in our sins and we are now alive. Alive in Christ. Let's ask the Lord what he wants us to do. Let's ask the Lord how we can best follow him. Let's ask the Lord to reveal himself in us as the God of power, that we might see all that he promised us. At the end of Mark 16, where we see Jesus commissioning the disciples, and he says this, Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe in my name they will cast out demons they will speak in new tongues they will pick up serpents with their hands and if they drink any deadly poison it will not hurt them they will lay, lay their hands on the sick and they will recover this is the promise that Jesus gives us when we are obedient to his call when we listen to his voice when we follow him let's ask the Lord to lead us and we will follow him and when we follow him we will experience that same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead let's just be still before the Lord just for a moment and invite the Holy Spirit to ignite in us a passion for his name for following him to live the life that he died and rose again for that we might truly live that resurrected life Let's just be still before God and ask for his presence.